Man, we're back recording again. It's been a yes. little bit of time. We're back. Uh, you guys are back from Argentina. I think we had a previous episode talking about Argentina. We and did. what your expectations were. Yeah, we did. And, um, you know, Argentina, it, was, uh, it wasn't what we expected. I'll oh. just say that. Um, a lot of good. You know, we had a, you know, I can't speak for her, but we had a good time uh, sightseeing the culture, the people. But yeah, there was some stuff that was not up to our expectations, unfortunately. Do you agree? Yeah. Like the outfitter itself or himself, the camp was good. The food was good. Um, and we got a ton of footage of water buffalo and out in front of him. There was a huge communication gap. So the the guides that we had couldn't speak English. So they're on their their phone and you know what it's like when you're stalking animals you have to be quiet you can't move around a lot and so there weren't really any set ahead signals (laughs) or anything like that so it was kind of a crap show when we're out i don't know if i could say the other word anyway you can okay so it's pretty much a shit show when we're out trying to hunt oh you can't say that though yeah okay and then (laughs) so we're doing the best that we could it was cool we're in argentina and a lot like africa the the um, trees all had like needles on them and yeah, a lot thorns. of thorns there. Yeah. I don't think as much as Africa, but there was still some fauna and flora that was similar to it. But no, she's right. The communication gap was one of the worst things. And and again, we're in their country, so I mean, we dealt with it. Our problem was we were bow hunting spot and stock for buffalo. And so not to be able to communicate with these two young guys who are not bow hunters themselves. I know that the the very first day we got on a herd of buffalo and we're crawling, we get to 53 yards and the bull is bedded down and there's brush all around him. And the guide's like, shoot, shoot, shoot. He just kept saying that. I'm like, no, I'm not going to shoot. You know, there's brush in front of him. So they eventually smelled us, ran off. He got Google Translate and told me I needed longer arrows. That's what he told me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do they so, penetrate the brush better? Yeah, I don't know how long we needed them, <laughs> but you know that's when we got back to camp that night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the first time I heard that, right? <laughs> um, but we got back to camp and we said, "There's just no way this is going to work." Um, but even back up before that, we get to Argentina, and our outfitter he did have rides arranged for us, like he said he would. But his communication on getting to camp was it was poor, you know. So I had to reach out to him a couple times. wasn't that big a deal, but I still thought he could have been a little bit more communicative with us. Um, and he invited us down. We saw mm-hmm. him at a at a at an outdoor show down in Utah, and he's like, "Come down, you guys can hunt, you guys can film." And um, so I said, "Yeah." I said, "I would personally, I don't want to hunt red stag. I'd like to hunt buffalo." <clears throat> Pardon me, and. Um, he goes, yeah, just come on down. And I said, tell me what the cost is of the buffalo hunt so I can budget. And he goes, no, 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 you don't pay. You don't worry. You're filming. Oh, that was nice of him. Yeah. So we get there and we walk in and he's just stoic. I mean, there's no smile on his face. And um, he's just cold. You know, wouldn't even talk to us. Wouldn't even hardly acknowledge Ozzy. Uh, wouldn't talk to our friends. And then you know, everybody's kind of getting their rooms and getting the, the lay of the land. And so I went to him and I said, hey, man, thank you for having us. We're excited to be here and film some good stuff. And I said, uh, just let me know what I need to do for the buffalo. And he looks right at me and he goes, you have the effing price list, don't you? Oh. 
And I said, I do have the effing price list. So, so that's how the hunt started. And the reason I went down to Argentina, I mean, of course he invited us down, but he's been one of my top outfitters for years, excuse me, taking care of a lot of clients. But the last two that went had some major problems with him, hidden fees, not communicating, uh, treating them like they were outsiders. And I don't know, we felt the exact same way. Yeah, it was, I've been on a few trips with Aaron. And then when he goes by himself, I talked to him quite a bit. He said this was the first time he was kind of anxious to to leave, to go home. We just the whole time didn't feel like we were welcome there. And, and we ended up paying like full price for what we got. And um, it's just it was cold shoulder the whole time. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. And even um, our friends that were there that had won a trip to go there, which is another reason we went at the same time. Um, he was doing kind of the same to them. And you could see him with the other hunters at camp, like really engaging and ask them about their day and what they could do better and really trying to help them get what they were there for. And we had to track him down to even talk to him at all. And it was real short, curt answers that he gave us. Aaron, I think, stopped him one time and said, hey, you know, what's what's going on? You know, did did we upset you? Because it was so obvious. And right. yeah, it was not a good experience. Yeah, he had no answer. He like he just played dumb. He's like, no, everything's great. You know, but he was short with actually um, all the clients, I felt, with the exception of one. You know, we kind of catered to, you know, to this one. And um, I talked to my clients that were there before before me, and he said the same thing. There was one or two clients in camp that were spending a lot of money. So he was catering oh. to them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I go on a lot of these hunts. And the outfitter, when we got back every night, he would go with his guides, stand off the side, and they would just drink, 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 drink. Hey, that's fine if that's your thing. But he would not interact with us. Like, like we were the outsiders, and we were imposing on them. <clears throat> and so it was just a weird vibe. And then couple that with the first talk on the buffalo I finally, back at camp that night, told him that we needed to hunt over water. I said, look, I'm bow hunting. We need to hunt over water because I knew that stalking wasn't going to work. And so we actually built a brush blind and fought with him about that. You know, I said, no, it needs to be done like this. We need to have a backstop. And we finally built it. Um, But it was uh, was a train wreck, to say the (laughs) least. I mean, these buffalo would come in and... um, I had a bull at, you know, 20 yards broadside, but they told me don't shoot until they tell me. Well, they didn't say anything. The bull went off. Then they type in, why the hell didn't you shoot? I said, you never told me. And uh, because in Argentina, what you don't just shoot a buffalo, there's different levels. There's bronze, silver, gold. So the size of the buffalo matters. So does the price tag. And we were there actually hunting just a bronze. And so I didn't want to make a mistake. So the communication was poor. And then after that day, one of our guides, he started treating us really poorly too. And mm. actually didn't even go out with us twice. Oh, Stayed wow. back in camp pouting. Yeah. It was crazy. Should have brought longer arrows. If I had longer <laughs> arrows, telling you. we would have been okay. <laughs> I don't know uh, what the FOC on a 50-yard arrow is, but we could sure try it. So um, it was just – it was a weird experience. I mean, some of the guides were actually pretty nice. Um, but another thing that we thought was weird were most everybody there was there hunting red stag and he promotes free range red stag. He also has a, an estate high fence. 
these guys were walking seven, eight miles a day, not seeing any animals, not seeing any animals. And when they did, the guides would run after the animals because they didn't want them to jump the neighbor's fence. Oh. So, I mean, it was not really conducive for hunting. And so what they do, I found this out too, is that, okay, you hunt three or four days free range. Then they'll come to you and say, would you like to go in the high fence mm. for more money? And, um, you know, our friend who won the hunt, he, uh, they offered him to do that and he shot a stag and, you know, he paid extra money for it. So it was just, I didn't like it. You know, we have two outfitters in Argentina that we use, but I will say as of today, we now have one. I, I won't work with this outfitter anymore. And I told him that, um, you know, even at the end of it, he came to us and he said, I need you guys to tip my staff. Absolutely. I go on all these hunts. I tip everybody. He handed me a bill for five days for $2,600. Oh, wow. In tips. Wow. And I said, okay, that's fine. So when we left, we all talked about it because the whole group was upset about it, that he's not paying his staff. Oh. We're paying the staff. Mm -hmm. So these aren't tips. We're giving them wages. And that left a, you know, a bad taste in my mouth. For example, my other outfitter's two hours away from where we're at. And I said, how much are your charter flights into camp? And he's like, 200 bucks. We got charged 900 a person. Oh, wow. For the charter flight. 1,800 versus 400. So, you know, it's just stuff like that. And I mean, <clears throat> I know it sounds like we're complaining a lot, but we're just kind of going over what we found. And that's why we do go visit these outfitters because now he's not in our rotation. We don't want you or any clients going there and having that, that experience. Sure, that's a good piece of uh, True Flight Adventures is you actually go there and see the outfitters firsthand yeah. to make sure your clients are going to be taken care of. Yeah, we, we do. We kind of will scrutinize. You know, we'll pay attention to a lot of things that others maybe wouldn't notice mm -hmm. because we're sending clients there. Right. And we want them to have the best experience possible. And, and then sometimes, well, a lot of times, you know, if Aaron sees something that's not going right or something that he thinks might not be well for like one of our clients, then he'll talk to the outfitter and just say, Hey, this is what's going on. And they're always receptive and they just want to work together to do the best customer service. Um, I'm really glad that we vetted this guy because I think he's probably really good for some, probably with money mm -hmm. and then others really bad. And it's a trip for some people of a lifetime right. to go down there and do this. Yeah. You need to have a good experience you know, we've gone on hunts where you walk away with no animal, but we've had just a right. wonderful time. That's what they didn't deliver. So. You know, and I always tell people that when they're talking to me about booking hunts. I mean, we have a, you know, I, I we're a hunting consulting company. I understand that. But we're more about the service aspect of it. We're not going to sell you animals or we're not going to do stuff like that. We want you to have a good experience. And so it boils down to, um, are you going to be met at the airport? Are, are you going to be smiled at when you're in camp? Are you gonna may are you gonna be made to feel like you're part of the family or an outsider? So we go, you know, and you've been on enough of these mm -hmm. to know, especially even in with our outfitter in Africa, you are family from the the moment you get there, whether you're hunting one impala or the big five. Right. It doesn't matter how much money you're spending. We saw just the opposite in Argentina, oh, wow. unfortunately. And so, you know, but you know, going back, um, it's not just this outfitter. We had a, you know, a trip last year. There was a kid that, you know, sent me a message on Facebook and said, I'm looking for a hunting consultant. 
and he was from Ireland. And we talked quite a bit, and he goes, I'd like you to come over, bring a group, and let's hunt for some uh, deer. Okay, maybe some fallow deer. So we planned it all out. We took a group over there, and um, yeah, you can touch on this. <laughs> it definitely was nothing like he told us. No, what I can say for this guy is he's <clears throat> got a lot of energy, and he's super excited, and he really, he really wanted this to be a good experience for everybody. I just think that he's inexperienced, and he really didn't know what he was doing, and then he would get frustrated and kind of take it out on us. Um, I think the ambition was there. He just didn't have his ducks in a row yet. Um, the place was nice where we stayed, not the accommodations that we're used to. It was like, here, throw us all into this house, and you're on your own. And there's a, a store in town, but we kind of had to wait for rides there and stuff because you couldn't just walk to it. And so we went and bought some stuff and kind of stocked up. And There was some communication barriers there as well. <laughs> Um, we went out hunting. It was like good old boys out in the bayou. I mean, it was not organized at all. And um, beautiful country. You know, Erin and I actually got the opportunity to go on our own and that one day. It was just, it was yeah. neat. It was kind of romantic to be out there. It was awesome. We're up in the hills of Ireland. But the the outfitter itself just fell short. Yeah, and I think, you know, overall, I think he's a really nice kid. Mm -hmm. I do. I just think he just wasn't very organized um guides were showing up at different times uh we'd go hunt an area that he had, ex had exclusive rights to so it was a locked gate it's all free range he would forget his key so he couldn't hunt there um he got frustrated one morning and the guy that opened the gate he left him he drove to the top of the mountain he's like where the hell so-and-so we're like you left him at the gate <laughs> we drive back down there and this client wouldn't even get in the pickup because he wanted to fight him he was so oh, mad wow. and so you know, that's why we do go, especially for new outfitters. Um, we always go and check them out all the time. Um, but <laughs> Ireland is, is amazing. Um, but the outfitter just, he needed some organization skills and probably some people skills. Like he would cater dinner, which was totally fine. And it was very good. But he would come in and before any of us or even the ladies got food, he went and got a plate and would go sit down and start eating. Oh. He wouldn't ask if anybody needed anything. He was just all about himself. And so, you know, just little things that I talked to him about, too. And so if, if he can, you know, fix those things, he could be a good outfitter. So we usually leave if an outfitter isn't up to our standard. We tell them why in a nice way. And then it's up to them if they want to make changes. If they do, we'll look at it. If not, they're probably not going to be a part of True Flight. Right. You know, good so. point. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had a couple trips. I mean, everybody's like, oh, you guys, all your trips are so great. And hey, we're lucky and we're blessed. But we've had some doozies, too. Absolutely. <laughs> Circling back to Argentina, before you left, you're talking that it's going to be the roar. Yes. Uh, how was that? Uh, that was neat. It, it was neat. But I tell you what, there wasn't much of it going on. Really? Yeah, I was really I hunted in New Zealand in June and I heard more roaring then than I heard in Argentina. Oh, wow. The most roaring we heard was in the high fence. A high fence um, early in the morning. Yeah, and early in the morning. Because that's where the animals were. Yeah. And yeah. so all the free range stuff. <laughs> I mean, so we hunted um, five days. We stalked every day, plus we hunted water. And I want to say we saw two red stag. Was it two? I think it was two. Free and, range. Yeah. And that was it. And we saw one axis doe. 
and we did see a lot of buffalo, mainly cows. But, I mean, it was fun stalking buffalo. It was just, I told her, actually, after day three, I'm like, it's not going to happen probably with the language barrier, but let's just capture some footage. And we have some amazing footage. Nice. Um, and it's going to, it will be in a, on an episode of Giving Back TV uh, for season eight, I believe. So. And I have to say, too, the thunderstorms that they get there are unlike anything I've ever seen. Oh, wow. And so we did get, Aaron was... I think it was the last night we were there. Yeah. And that him and one of the guides actually left our blind and went around to try and kind of put the sneak on these buffalo that were coming in. And this storm came in and the lightning show was incredible. It lasted so we, three hours. We got oh, a lot wow. of that Non-stop. on footage. Yeah. That's cool. That Well, we were in our blind that we made and it started to rain a little bit. And our, our guides were just packing up stuff. We're like, no, no, we can handle rain. Like, let's stay here. And they're like, no, we're going to go over to back farther. There was a, like a shed blind. Yeah. So we're like, okay. You know, we were frustrated <laughs> with them already. So we take our stuff and we get in there. Minute we get inside, it just dropped. Downpour. I mean, just downpoured. Yeah. It was like a flash flood. And we're like, okay, these guys have been here before. They knew what yeah. was coming. But it was an incredible storm. No, it was. I mean, you know, we always, no matter if the trip's good or bad, we always take some good from it. And oh, yeah. both trips, I mean, Ireland was beautiful. We got to have breakfast in a castle. That's cool. Um, Argentina, I mean, the, a lot of the staff was really good. And, and just to be out. And, I mean, I, I had a good time in Argentina and actually sightseeing. How was Buenos Aires? Buenos Aires, was, I thought, was really cool. I mean, there was so much architecture there. And we hit museums and just... I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I had a good time. I wish we could have spent more time there. Honestly, I would have <laughs> rather done more sightseeing that trip than hunting, <laughs> um, but it just didn't work out. So, sure. So anyway, cool. so that's our two experiences there. Um, so you guys know if you book a trip with us, these outfitters are going to be vetted. We're checking all of our outfitters, not just the new ones, but the ones we have already in the hopper. We're checking them out all the time. Absolutely. And if you book through True Flight Adventures and you're having communication issues through email with an outfitter, get a hold of us because we know the outfitter and we can call them and talk to them and break that barrier for you. Yep. That's what we're here for. We tell people we help from start to finish before, after, and during the hunt. Yep. Absolutely. So well, thanks for letting us share, man. Appreciate yeah, it. You bet. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for joining us again, Ozzy. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Oz. My pleasure. <laughs> Bye, guys. Right, thanks. Bye. If any of you want to go on any of these hunts or trips around the world that we talk about on this podcast, True Flight Adventures can help you with every step of the way. Get a hold of us either by calling or emailing, and we can get you on that trip of a lifetime. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of our stories and commentary, or something to sleep to, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy watching us ramble on, then subscribe on YouTube or Carbon TV. Until next time on Giving Back TV Podcast.